what's up guys i cannot believe that i am currently doing the intro to the very first episode of the black girl basics podcast it is finally here the episode is finally coming so my name is mallory but everybody who knows me calls me mal you can call me really anything you want um i'm just here to say that today's episode is going to be a little bit more inspirational I'm going to get on my soapbox, I'm not going to lie, because I've had some realizations about where I am in my 20 years of life. I may not have been here for a long time, but I'm going to be here for a good time, you know? So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this. I hope you take away something that you did not have before you started listening, and I hope you enjoy me because it's going to be a party over here, whether you're down for it or not, so you might as well be down. All right, here's episode one. I'm eternally grateful that you decided to listen to me ramble for God knows how long this episode is going to be, but wherever you are and whatever you're doing, get something to drink, get a little snacky snack, get whatever you want and relax. Today is just a chill. It's just a key. It's talking to your home girl. I hope you think of me as your home girl. (laughs) I want to be your home girl, whoever you are. That's what this podcast is all about. It's just sitting and and talking about the things that are on our heart. And so, let me just start by talking about my faves of the week. So this is basically kind of going to be a compilation of two weeks because I just have a lot that I've been favoriting. And I've already made a post about it on the Black Girl Basics Podcast Instagram. And if you're not following that, it's at Black Girl Basics Podcast. Of course, I had to plug it in you know the deal. So my first fave of the week, Anastasia Brow Freeze. Listen, if you have thick curly brows and you might be saying curly brows, yes, brows can be curly. If you know, you know, um, if you have thick curly brows, Anastasia Beverly Hills has created the product for us. Finally, we have something. I am a big brow person when it comes to my makeup. I feel like brows make or break you. They firm your face. I feel like these are the things that everyone knows, but no one ever wants to talk about, right? But because the styling gels, people always have like those clear styling gels and you just wisp it through your little brows and it just holds them in place. Well, my brows laugh at that. They think of it as water going onto my brows and they never work. But over three weeks ago, my brows met their match, okay? Anastasia Brow Freeze. It's a little on the pricey side, I'm not gonna lie. If you know about Anastasia Beverly Hills, you know she's a little expensive. She gonna make you spend a little coin. But let me tell you something about the quality, okay? They come out feathery and laid. It's basically like brow lamination, but you're not perming your face because I am a little afraid of brow lamination. I do have a fear that my brows will just come off and I don't want to play those games with myself or the universe so Anastasia Brow Freeze go to Ulta go to Sephora go online I don't even care go to your grandmama you just need to get it if you have thick brows if you have curly brows this is for you I will say that you do not get a spoolie with it but you do need a spoolie to apply it so if you have like an old eyebrow pencil that has like a spoolie at the other end just use that or just go and buy one I mean maybe at like a beauty supply store or whatever but those are what you need those two next I have 
Biosance squalene, squalene, however you pronounce it, I don't care, argue with the dictionary, antioxidant, antioxidant cleansing oil. Guys, I think if you have any issue with texture on your skin, this is the product. So online, I you know follow all the little estheticians and all the little skincare people. Hiram is a big fave. Um, but they talk about cleansing oils. And I have oily skin, so I was like, mm, don't know about putting oil on my oily skin. Might have to pass. But if you know anything about skincare, and I recently learned this, if you have oily skin, you actually have, may have dry skin and your face is overproducing oils to make up for the fact that it is not hydrated enough. And so it's making its natural oils. Basically, you have to hydrate oily skin, if that makes any sense at all. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's in this cleansing oil. It has to be from God's bosom because I'm not kidding. You know, when you wash your face sometimes and it's like that dry feeling a long time ago, you might have probably thought, oh my God, my face is super clean. And now you're older and it's like, why does my face feel like this? Your skin will feel so good after using this. The cleansing oil basically cleanses the skin, obviously, but it doesn't strip your skin at all. When you're done, it feels plump. It feels nourished. And I genuinely have seen a, a change in the texture of my skin. Um, I have dealt with acne my entire life. I don't remember a time where I did not deal with acne. And a big part of dealing with my acne was the little tiny texturized bumps on my face and I hated it. But let me tell you something, this cleansing oil has changed that for me. Obviously it has not like completely gone away. Don't be a fool, but it has definitely, definitely helped me. And I cannot recommend this product enough. I want to say it runs for maybe $28, maybe $30. I did get it from Sephora and Sephora be boosting, but if you want to find it online directly from the Biosance um, website, I would definitely recommend that. They have so many other amazing, amazing products um, using squalene, squalene oil, whatever it is, and people love it. People rant and rave about it, and I can't recommend it enough, so that's my second fave. Third fave, and this may be a little bit of a rant. The Emancipation of Mimi album by Miss Mariah Carey. Okay. First of all, I'm a huge Mariah Carey stan. I have been since I was a little girl and I saw Glitter for the first time on VH1 when I was like eight years old and my life was changed forever. That movie's amazing. Argue with your mother. I know people don't like Glitter, but it's one of my faves. But this Emancipation of Mimi album is top two and it's not two. If you need a little bit more clarification, um, this is the We Belong Together album. This is the... Shake Back album I wanted no shake it off gotta shake it off this is yeah this is that album if you want to know songs like circles this is like this album is just simply divine it is the perfect you know young fly girl album I feel so fly when I listen to this album <laughs> and I feel so cute and of course Mariah's vocals are amazing this album is just simply amazing and I have to insert the Glitter soundtrack, Justice for Glitter. Let me tell you something. I don't care what anyone says about Glitter, the movie. It's an amazing movie. And it is an even better album. Glitter, the album, it's on Spotify. I want to say it's on Apple Music. It took forever for it to get there. 
but it is an amazing album. It is so good. Twister is such a good song. All My Life is such a good song. Loverboy, such a good song. And I feel like people don't pay enough respect to Mariah Carey's discography. And I'm tired of it. People don't pay enough respect to her as a songwriter. And I'm sick and tired. Mariah Carey will always be one of the girls. She is a pop icon, an R&B icon. She made it cool to have rappers and R&B songs, to have R&B singers and rap songs, okay? She made it cool to have all that stuff. I'm gonna be honest. Nobody was doing it like her in her era. The girls tried. They just couldn't compete, okay? I am I am a Mariah Carey stan, if you cannot tell. So yes, that is another one of my faves. I don't know what I'm even gonna favorite. I'm gonna favorite the album and I'm gonna favorite the person. That just is what it is. And lastly, perfume. I posted on the... Mal's Picks of the Week post, um, Pistachio Brulee from Urban Outfitters. That that was my fave. I'm not going to lie. It's just a hit. But perfume in general has become just a banger to me. I know that now that I'm older, I can't, I can't wear body mist no more, y'all. We not, we not 14 no more. We got to buy perfume, y'all. All my ladies, if you're listening, and my men, if you're listening to this, Put down the Old Spice, go to Sephora, and get a cologne. It will will help you. You may pay for it, but it will pay you back, okay? Having like a signature scent has just elevated my living, I'm going to be honest. After doing my skincare, after doing my hair, I get my perfume, do a little spritz at the neck, a little spritz behind the ear, it does something to me. It changes my style of living. It really, really does. And you know what feels better? When my boyfriend says, you smell really good. Yeah, that hits different. I'm not going to lie. So I need everybody listening. Go to an Ulta. I don't care if you get a freaking sampler. Get some perfume in your life. It's a wonderful investment. I feel expensive. You know, I know we're anti-capitalist over here, but I do. I feel expensive. And the perfume that I bought, I want to say was like $18 from Urban Outfitters. It doesn't even have to be an expensive one. Just go get it. The the pistachio creme brulee, though, I will say um, it's a sweet scent. It's a very warm, sweet scent, almost kind of like an off vanilla I do like those scents. I'm not a floral girl. That gives me Bath and Body Works teas. So I kind of stay away from that. Gives me cherry blossom. If you know, you know. Um, I did grow up with the mom who was obsessed with the cherry blossom scent. So I try to stay as far away from that as possible. I do like vanillas. I do like cinnamons. I like those warm, warm scents. So if you're anything like that, I would give it a go. They had plenty of others though. So if you go to an Urban Outfitters, I'm in their little skincare, body care section. That's usually where they keep their perfumes. And I would just give a little sniff sniff. I would just see what you like. It's not that expensive and it's a nice size bottle. So on to my last favorite. So I was going through um, my my mental Rolodex, I guess you can say. My memories of shows that I used to love, but I had no business watching. One of those were Degrassi. We can get into that in another episode because I had no business watching Degrassi when I was watching it. It was very heavy content. But another show that I was watching that I had no business watching was Being Mary Jane. If you remember BT circa 2013, 
I want to say, yeah, it was like 2013, 2014. Either way, we were probably too young to watch it, but I did watch it and I loved it. Um, Gabrielle Union does not get enough credit for what she did on that show. Mara Brock-Akil also does not get, I hope that's how you pronounce her name. I'm sorry, ma'am, if you ever listen to this, you probably won't, but I'm sorry if I just butchered your name. Mara Brock-Akil is the same woman that wrote and produced, I want to say, Girlfriends. So there's some history for you. Um, And it's just an amazing show. However, I watched it again as a 20 year old. And I know you're probably like, "Mm, girl, you're just 20. It's a different, it's a different outlook that I have. I'm going to be honest. Um, It's problematic. It is really, really, really problematic. Um, Of course it was problematic. I feel like any, anything like (laughs) pre 2018 is probably problematic, especially when it comes to like TV and movies. But it, it was, um, there were some things that were a little distasteful. However, it was still good TV. And I, I just, I love good TV. Good TV is what keeps me going. I am a TV watcher. You know, those people who are like, I don't watch TV. Let go. Like, just watch an episode, you know? Anyways, Being Mary Jane is really, really good. It's no longer on Netflix, though. It is on Hulu now. So, might have to go to another streaming service. But it is good TV. And if you're a young woman, I really recommend watching it because Mary Jane is put in so many situations where it's like, oh my God, I don't know what I would do. Like the very first season, she was with a married man. She was with a married man. And then she deals with this guy named David and they break up, but they just want to be back together. And they're in these awkward situations and she deals with family stuff. She's kind of like basically the wealthiest person in her family. So everybody comes to her for things. It just is a good show it's also based in atlanta lots of black people they're mostly light-skinned black people though i'm not gonna lie but they are black people and it's just good tv i really recommend watching it okay let's get in to today's topics on january 10th of this year i turned 20 And that was fun. That was cute. I literally didn't do anything for my birthday. Um, Miss Rona made sure that that did not happen. I love having sleepovers with my girls on my birthday. I feel like I've had a sleepover for the last two or three years, two years, two, two years. I've had a sleepover for the last two years and they've both been super, super fun. They're always a lot of fun, but I didn't do anything for my birthday which means all the time that I usually would have spent planning my birthday, I just spent reflecting on turning 20. Um, Because my birthday is in the first month of the year, it's honestly kind of awkward because you're coming like off of the tirade of like the holidays and being amped up. And so everybody feels like that post Christmas burnout. But then it's also awkward because it's like the new year. So people kind of feel excited. But here's the thing. I felt none of those things. I just felt numb. The last year for everybody has been an absolute roller coaster. And I just felt like I didn't have anything to celebrate. I felt very numb. I felt very mentally alone. And I felt sad at first. It was a little bit of, I'm honest, it's a little bit of a journey. Just follow me. I felt sad. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that way about their birthdays at some point. I feel like people feel like, oh, wow, 
You know, you may not be where you thought you would be at this age. Um, if you would have asked like my 10 year old self what I would be doing at 20, I would probably say that I'd be a pop star by now. Honestly, I'd say I'd be a pop star, a model, or like some type of international fashion designer. I had big, 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 big dreams. Um, and if you would t- have told my 10 year old self that you would be in your mom's house because it's a pandemic and you aren't going to go back to your college campus, you would be like, okay, well, get up off your behind and still go be a pop star. That's just who I was. Okay. But I digress. I say all that to say, um, like a couple of days before my birthday, it's like a switch went off and I began to be incredibly grateful And just um, a little warning, I'm about to get in some topics like depression and anxiety. So if that's a trigger for you, um, you can skip to probably like 20 minutes and then continue on with the rest of the podcast. I just want to give a little bit of a warning. Um, But anyways, if you struggled with depression um, in your youth, like maybe like 11, like a preteen into teenager-ish years, um, let's be real, right? Some of us didn't think we would make it. And I was one. And I mean, not to, you know, spill all my business, but I dealt really hard with depression, especially in middle school. Um, it was a very hard time for me. A lot of traumatic things happened literally in the my fifth grade year of elementary school. And you're probably like, mm, trauma when you're like 10 or 11 or whatever. Yeah, a lot of things happened. And Middle school was a very, very trying time. Um, I dealt with anxiety like no other. I dealt with depression like no other. And I that carried into high school for a while, honestly. Um, and I became a little bit self-congratulatory, if that's a saying, um, because it was like I made it, you know? I made it to 20 and I felt good. And I feel like we don't give ourselves enough of those moments. You know, we talk about, oh, wow, yeah, I dealt with depression or, oh, wow, yeah, I dealt with anxiety. But think about the fact that you're still here. Like, I am very, very grateful and very, very proud of myself because there was a period of time where I thought that I would not make it. And I don't mean to get preachy, but let's go there. Like, there was a period of time in my life where every day was a roller coaster and every day was a, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. And I'm so grateful and proud of myself, right? It's time to be proud of yourself. I know, you know, we like being humble and we like saying, you know, Oh, well, I was going to be okay anyway. No, I'm proud of myself. And if you're listening and you've ever dealt with anxiety or depression or anything under that mental health umbrella and you're still here to tell your story, every birthday is a party, bro. Like every every milestone, even just waking up in the morning, pat yourself on the back and say you did it. And I don't mean that in a way of people who are no longer here to say, oh, you didn't make it. But it takes, you know, a lot to keep waking up in the morning. It takes a lot to say, you know, I'm going to pursue my dreams and I'm going to go for it. Even if you have zero confidence in yourself, it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of strength. And I just want to say, if anybody who's ever dealt with that, I'm proud of you. If you're not proud of you, I'm incredibly proud of you. Um, I also want to say that, like, I thought that my life would be incredibly different at 20. Um, 
like I mentioned earlier, my 10-year-old self would be like, why are you not an international pop star? Like, <laughs> why aren't you that? And I'm laughing, um, but it's the truth. I genuinely thought that I would be like some type of super celeb somewhere making millions of gajillions of dollars and being, you know, the cover of the magazines on your movie screens. You know what I'm saying? And not there, not by a long run, by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm okay with that. And I don't want this to sound like fanciful, like, of course, girl, everybody wanted to be famous, but like, no, really, like, young me had like a plan I was like no like I'm gonna move to New York and someone's gonna discover me and they're gonna be like oh my god you can sing you're cute you can dance let's get it none of that happened that's not how that works first of all (laughs) not even a little bit how that works um but it didn't happen a lot of the things that I thought would have happened to me by now did not happen but I'm really okay with that and I think that says a lot about anyone who grew up being told that they were gifted and I'm also going to get into this whole gifted thing a little bit later in the podcast but anyone who grew up being told that they were gifted knows that you had a plan in your head about how you were going to be famous let's like let's be honest you were like no someone's going to discover me I'm going to be a superstar and that's just the way my life is going to go and there's like a turn um in like high school I want to say where you're like that's not happening what is my backup plan right that turned um maybe my sophomore year of high school and I was like let's get real what is a job that's going to make me money I realized that pursuing musical theater and pursuing music would not pay I'm a Capricorn I like money and I like steady money and I was like this isn't going to pay what is the job that's going to pay I was like, okay, lawyer, boom, that's what I'm going to do. Anyone who knows me knows that I've been saying I was going to be a lawyer forever, right? But that's not my dream. Like, that's not when I go to bed and I fantasize about what my life is going to be like in 20 years. That's not what I see (laughs) at all. I still see a superstar. And, you know, that's in the cards and that's in the cards. Praise God, hallelujah. But I say that to say I'm not disappointed in myself as much as I thought I would have been at this age because I realized that while I may not be where I thought I was, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I am exactly in the stage that I am supposed to be. And I'm grateful for that because I would rather be here and happy than somewhere else and extremely unhappy, right? Like I don't want to have you know, the image of what I thought my dreams would be. I want my actual dreams to come true. And I also think your dreams change over time. And I was scared of getting older. I was scared of no longer being a kid. I'm going to be honest. I was very, very scared because I was like, "Eh, that sounds like a lot of responsibility, a lot of bills, a lot of money, a lot of time. I'm not a huge fan, but I'm happy being older. I feel freedom. I feel... Like I have more access to my life. I feel like I am the author of my path. And I'm really, really happy with that. I really, really enjoy that. Um, And I think more people need to become more okay with that. I think becoming older is painted as being really, really scary because, okay, you're one day closer to death, right? 
But if you don't view it that way, you'll see it as being like one day closer to whatever the heck is your path, whatever it is. And I feel glad to say that I'm finally in a space where I'm happy with what I'm doing. Do I know exactly what I'm doing? Absolutely not. But for the first time, I am okay with that. I'm happy with that. And that goes into my next topic. Redefining purpose. Okay. When I was younger, I could always sing. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm not saying that to brag. I just could. I grew up in a black Baptist church. If you weren't a singer, you were a mime dancer. If you weren't a mime dancer, you were on the usher board. My thing was just (laughs) singing. (laughs) My thing was just singing. And I knew from a very young age that for some reason, people liked when I sang. People told me to keep singing. So apparently I must be good at it. Um, that talent in my head became my purpose. And I was like, okay, my purpose on this planet is to sing. If I'm not singing, then I'm not fulfilling my purpose, right? So I did vocal lessons for practically my entire life. In middle school, I did them very heavily. Um, and in almost every aspect of my life, I was singing, When I got to high school, it was amped up 10,000%. My major partially was singing. After school, I sang. At rehearsals, I sang. At church, I sang. I was at church almost every freaking day. I sang. At home, I sang because I was doing vocal lessons on the side so I can do classical training. Every aspect of my life, I sang. And I want to say my junior year, I had burnout. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm done. And my senior year, it was like times 10. I was like, I'm really done. And I don't care nothing about this singing stuff. I don't care nothing about this music stuff. I had severe burnout. And it made me spiral mentally because I thought my purpose was gone. Because I had put my talent with my purpose. And I thought if I wasn't pursuing my talent, right, if I wasn't going to college for music, if I wasn't going for musical theater or whatever the case may be, then I'm not fulfilling my purpose. But that was a scam. That was a lie. Like that was not true. Why did I think that, you know, something that you're good at is that the the one thing that you're supposed to do to the day that you die, it's so incorrect. And I realized My purpose was bigger than my talent. My talent may be the way that I pursue my purpose, but my purpose was to love people. Well, I won't say was. It is to love people and to communicate with people and to spark people and to make people dream and dream about their own lives and about their own aspirations. That is what brings me severe joy. Like, I get so excited when I see people excited about themselves. That makes me so happy that I cannot explain it and I cannot put it into words. But that's my purpose. That purpose may be, you know, displayed by my talent. You know, I may use my talent to provoke that purpose, but they're not one and the same. And I thought when I was no longer pursuing music, I was abandoning that purpose and I felt so much guilt. Um... I have a single parent. My mom raised me by herself. Everything that has ever been about music, she paid for it by herself. If it wasn't on a scholarship, it came out of her pocketbook. And I was so sad and I felt so much guilt when I told her that I was not going to pursue music because I felt like there was a part of her that, you know, 
wanted the return on the investment, right? Like she invested so much in me. Why was I not going to give it back to her? And I felt really, really sad. And I felt really, really bad about the decision that I was making. And so when I got to college, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I'm done. I'm over it. And then I spiraled again. And I felt even more sad because I wasn't singing and I wasn't dancing and I wasn't pursuing music. And I was just like, where, where, okay, what is it? What is it, God? This is when I was like, God, you need to start talking because I'm real confused. And I realized that I needed to take away the talent and look at my purpose. How was I going to find my purpose and make it happen? And I did. And it was so exciting. And I felt so much joy. And I felt like I was lifted from a really, really dark place. Um, and I was brought back to the the very simple, simplistic things that brought me joy. And the things that made me want to get out of bed in the morning. And the things that made me want to, you know, go talk to people and make friends with people and all those fun things. Um, and I was completely okay with not knowing how exactly to do it. I was completely okay with not having a clear plan. Um, like I mentioned before, I have dealt with anxiety since I was, I want to say 12, 12 years old, 11, 11 ish, 12. Um, and that anxiety was really, um, brought on. I had a lot of deaths in my family and a lot of tragic things that happened in my family around that age for me. And the anxiety that I was dealing with was rooted in, I always felt like, you know, the floor was going to cave in. I always felt like, you know, the other shoe was going to fall. Like the tragic thing is always going to happen to me or, you know, with me. And that made me very, very anxious all of the time to the point where I always felt like I had to know my next step because if I didn't know my next step, then the tragedy was going to happen and everything would fall apart and I'll be right back to square one. So I've always been a severe planner. I'm also a Capricorn. I don't mean to get all astrologically, whatever, but I am a Capricorn. If you are a Capricorn, if you're an earth sign, you know, we are basically walking, breathing planners. Everything is mapped out in our head, date, time, location, whatever. Like that is just our brain. So all of those things, and obviously the anxiety is more (laughs) severe than my astrological sign, but that's just, you know, just kind of explaining the way my brain works. Um, And with anxiety, Anxiety transforms your thoughts to make them seem a lot more urgent to you than to anybody else. So when I was in high school, I was stressing about college when I was like a sophomore. The summer going into my junior year, I was touring colleges like a weirdo. Like why? Like why? Why did I do that? My mom is also a Virgo. So she also had the same brain as me. I was like, we need to be planning for this like right now, like yesterday. So that didn't help. But like I was always thinking about the next step and never existing in the moment. And I'm finally in a space where I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh. I want to be right here where I am right now. I don't want to be thinking about tomorrow. I don't want to be thinking about next week, next month, next year. I want to exist right now in this very second. And that's difficult. Um, If you deal with anxiety, you know that it's not you know easy at all I think people have this misconception sometimes people who do not deal with anxiety are like why don't you just calm down (laughs) why don't you just calm down drink some water take a few deep breaths count to 10 and do your ABCs and you'll be fine 
that's not how that works. Um, our brains are wired a lot differently and it's incredibly difficult to sacrifice control. And I had to do it. And it was a lot of tears. It was really messy. It was me being angry with God. It was me being angry with myself. It was me going to therapy and having to talk it out with another person. But I had to realize that I did not need to be the the map maker all of the time. It's okay to say, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know where I'm going. Is it scary? Yes. It is extremely scary. And if you resonate with what anything that I'm saying, you know, it's so hard. It is incredibly hard because you feel unorganized. You feel like, okay, I guess I'm just, you know, existing, but it's really okay. It's okay to not know. And I read something in a book um, very recently, and it was about, you know, basically saying it's better to take baby steps in the right right direction than big steps in the wrong direction. So I butchered that just now because I have mush mouth, but I'm going to say it again. Baby steps in a right direction versus big steps in the wrong direction. And I was like, there it is. I was like, I'm so much you know, happier with the idea if I take a little inch forward in the right direction than a freaking leap in the wrong direction. And I was reading Becoming by Michelle Obama. Shout out to her. Love her. Um, I don't care about your politics on her. I love Michelle Obama. That's kind of it. Um, She in her book was discussing being an undergrad and having like a little bit of a mental breakdown because there was nobody in her classes that looked like her. Um, when she was aspiring to be a lawyer and she came from a community of all black people and now she was with all white people and it was hard um, and she wanted to give up. And I was like, that's me. I was like, that's me. I feel that. And she was saying obviously a lot more. I'm not going to get into all of it, but there was so much that she was saying where I was like, oh my God, I'm not alone. Oh my God, somebody else felt this too. And I'm you know, rambling about this so much because I want you to know, like, it's okay to not know. You are not, you know, lost because you're exactly where you are supposed to be right now. If you feel like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. If I felt like, you know, I'm always going back to square one. I understand. We are all there. We are in a goddamn panoramic Okay, it's okay to not know. It's okay to not know the next step. It's okay to say, I'm just taking it day by day. I'm just taking it, you know, every five minutes. That's good. That's okay. Because as long as you are breathing and you are waking up, you are exactly where you are supposed to be. And I don't want to get preachy. I really, really don't. But I just want to say, like, it's okay to not know. There's confidence in not knowing. There's so much joy in existing right where you are supposed to be because if you don't exist now, when will you? Like you're gonna, okay, so what? You plan, you plan, you plan, you plan, you plan your life. And then what point do you stop planning? What point is the happy place? And you say, okay, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be and now I'm gonna live. What are you, like 55? (laughs) And you've missed so many years of life. Life is a gift 
And I do not think we should waste it on planning the next five years and the next five years. Society obviously has trained us to be that way. Obviously, you know, when we turn 17, 18 in high school, they say, you know, plan the next four years of your life and possibly the rest of your life. And we do not know our right from our left. We do not know what we're doing. And sometimes we get to what we planned and we say this is wrong and I don't want to do it. And that is okay. That is so okay. And if you feel anything or get anything from this podcast, I want you to get that it's okay to not know. It is so okay to say, I really do not know what the heck I'm doing, but I'm just going to keep waking up every morning and just hope for the best. This podcast was an idea that I had when I was in high school, but I thought that I was too dumb to do it. I thought nobody wanted to hear me talk. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And I'm just going to keep my idea to myself. Um, And I want to say the last week of December, (laughs) I was laying in my bed and I was like, I'm going to make a podcast. I'm going to just do it because what the heck do I have to lose? The worst thing that happens is no one listens. And hey, if no one listens, then I have it existing in the ether. And one day I'm going to play it for my kids. You know, like what is the worst that can happen? Is the that worst thing? Is that going to harm me? No, it's not. So just do it. Like any idea that you have that you think is too crazy. I promise it's not crazy enough and you need to get up and do it. And I think sometimes when we exist in that, you know, I don't know what I'm doing phase, there is an idea that is lodged somewhere in your mind and you think that you don't have the the qualifications to do it. And now is the time where you need to go do it. I don't care if it's dropping out of school. I don't care if it's <laughs> if it's moving out. I don't care what it is. If you're in that phase where you're in the no man's land and you're like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, there is an idea. And if you're listening, you're probably thinking of it right now. Do it. Do it. There is no time better than right now. You don't think you have the money? Do it anyway. You don't think you have the time? Do it anyway. You don't think you have the qualifications? Do it anyway. Because if you don't do it, you will never know. And the worst thing that can happen is the idea fades away and the passion fades away and the fire is no longer hot. You need to do it now. Whatever it is you're thinking of as I'm speaking right now, go do it. You need to sacrifice control and do it. You need to redefine your purpose and do it. Take away everything that you have ever known about what you were supposed to do in this life, whatever your parents may have told you, whatever a freaking guidance counselor may have told you, whatever a coach, whoever, whatever they told you, told you, strip it away. What is it that you want to do and redefine that purpose? Your purpose is not attached to your talent. You may be an amazing dancer. It's not your purpose. You may be an amazing artist. It's not your purpose. Find your purpose in this world. If your purpose is making people smile, do it. But do it in a way that makes you happy. You may use your talent to do it, but never ever let your talent get in the way of your purpose. Sometimes your talent is what puts you in no man's land. Let's talk about it. Sometimes your talent is what puts you in that space of I don't know. If you have writer's block, if you're stuck, if you don't have the resources to do whatever you want to do, sometimes your talent makes it hard to do your purpose. And that's because you need to take the talent away and focus on the purpose. Like, what is it that you want to wake up and do every single day? 
I don't care if that job or whatever you're thinking of pays you $2 an hour. Get up and go do it because there is no time like right now. Thank you so much. <laughs> for. I feel like I just gave a sermon. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, excuse me. I feel like if I was like at church, people would be like standing up and, and clapping <laughs> at this point. But just, I don't know. I felt like somebody needed to hear that. And I felt like that person was you. Whoever you are, if you're listening to this right now, I love you. If no one else has told you today, I love you on this day of love, on Valentine's Day. I appreciate you. You have so much, so, so much to offer this world and this universe. And you are too talented and too beautiful to waste it. And if you feel like there is nothing that you have left to give, look a little harder. Search a little deeper and reach for the idea that seems absolutely impossible and go for it. Whatever idea you think is crazy, it's not crazy enough. Whatever idea you think is big, it's not big enough. The sky, I hate when people say this, but the sky is honestly the daggone limit. Like, you need to just go for it and do it. Don't lose yourself, but don't lose your ideas either. Just go and do and be and exist in the moment. Sacrifice control and redefine your dig on purpose. Okay? Okay. I know this wasn't really... <laughs> you know, a laughable topic. There will be plenty of episodes in the future where all we do is is cry from laughing. But for the first episode, I wanted to be a little inspirational. You know, I wanted to give the girls a little some some to hold on to. You know, okay, if you've watched Being Mary Jane, you know that she writes on these little like sticky notes and she sticks them on like her mirror and like literally everywhere in her house. But they're motivational quotes and they're like things that make her want to get up in the morning. And it's real, it's wild cheesy, it's wild cheesy, but go do that. If you want to get a sticky note and stick it on your mirror, if you want to get a sticky note and stick it on your bedpost, go do it. Because I promise, I literally promise you that that will push you a little bit harder and that will push you a little bit farther. Okay, I'm done talking. I love each and every one of you. And I cannot thank you enough for listening to this podcast. It's a little weird that I have a podcast and people want to know what I have to say, but I'm just going to go with it and I'm going to walk in this pen. Um, I'm so, so grateful for you. I'm so, so appreciative of you. Um, And I just want to say I love you and thank you. And thank you for listening to the first episode of the Black Girl Basics podcast. that was it (laughs) that was the very first episode of the black girl basics podcast thank you so much for listening thank you for supporting i love you all of you also want to send a thank you out to ryan little for making the beat that you're currently listening to called fresh air and you can look his stuff up on youtube have a great day and thank you